Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello there, welcome to episode 76 of Broken Records, the podcast that searches for the worst album ever made in the history of music. We're part of the Right Act podcast. My name's Stephen Hill. He is called Renfrey Deadman. He, also, by the way, you might not hear as much from Renfrey possibly this week as he is suffering from the COVID. My mate called it the Big C the other day on on oh. the internet he said i've got the big c and i was like oh my god oh no he he, he meant covid he just messages know what the, sure the, the yeah. big c that is not the big c is it that is the medium-sized c that uh yeah i, I mean in relative terms it feels like quite a low c i mean mine in mm. particular does i've got relatively mild symptoms hence me uh, uh battling through and recording anyway but yes, uh thank you for pointing it out Steve because I might just uh collapse midway through this record who knows. That would I mean I feel like I've sort of had a go at not had a go but I've kind of demolished the impact that the covid uh has had on the world by called that's not as bad as you know the the, the, <laughs> the big, big C. C but but the big C is I mean if someone said to me do you want cancer or covid I'd probably have the I'd probably pick oh, the covid Oh yeah and, definitely yeah. pick covid in my experience. Yeah. Mhm. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully I don't have to have either of them, I would like <laughs> to think. Uh, although I think I'd rather have one of them than the album that we did last week, to be perfectly honest. But this week, yeah. I think it's going to be kind of back to normal Broken Records fare. Because we have to say, last week I hope so. yeah. was fucking hard work for a variety of reasons. But if you listen to the podcast last week, you'll probably uh, know it's more business as usual this week. It was a bloody difficult old grotty thing to be getting into let's speak no more about it well i just to say i don't think i would have had the energy to record um last week's episode this week uh with covid um so because i am exhausted uh Mm. but yes um that would have been incredibly daunting it was pretty daunting as it was um so yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We should yeah, say that all yeah. the albums that we feature on the show, including this one and last week's one, obviously, are compiled from our list, from our hat, the hat full of shit, which is behind me there. And uh, they are due to the critical reaction, the fan standing, the commercial performance, some sort of controversial thing that happened to the record or during the recording of the record. The band themselves might not liked it at all, or it could be a myriad of things, but it is nothing personal in the main to those particular albums. This week on the show, we are going to be talking about Danzig Sings Elvis, the 12th studio album from the evil Elvis himself, Glenn Danzig, and his band Danzig, released on the 17th of April 2020, which I believe makes it the youngest, the baby of the pack in yeah. Broken Records. No, little baby Danzig. <laughs> little baby Danzig. That's an image. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it just Mother Change my nap Why are you gonna change my nap in the day Ooh Mother 
Uh, there you go. The first of many Danzig impressions, I believe, that we'll be doing on this week's yes, show. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you like Danzig impressions, I'm sure you'll like this show. Anyway, listen, before we get into Danzig, let's count down the Flop 20, the 20 worst albums that we have covered thus far on the show. We start at number 20, and this is fucking mind-blowing, Renfrey, because of the way that the chart has had things put It means that number 20 is the album... By Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Mr. Blobby is only just in the top 20. Yeah, we've listened to a lot of shit records. Imagine that. Know. If you'd have told me that when we were first put this podcast together, I think uh, I might have gone, I just might not do this, do actually. It. If Mr. Blobby's the 20th worst album, then I'm I'm out. Do you know what I mean? I'm not even going. Anyway, Mr. Blobby is at number 20. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, the original soundtrack, Followed by Owen Quigg's Eog and Quigg, Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2, Testify by Phil Collins, Blood, Sweat and Towers by Towers of London, Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice, Lil Wayne, The Rebirth, Cut the Crap by The Clash, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, Philosophy of the World by The Shags, Asshole by Gene Simmons, Total Zanarchy by Little Zan, Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem, The True Symphonic Orchestra's Concerto in True Minor, Double Wide Bunkle Cracker, Crazy Frogs, The Crazy Hits, and at number one, I'm not a fan, but the kids like it by Broken Side. Oh my God, it's not number one anymore, Renfrey. I got so used to doing it at number one that I just went in and said, obviously it's number one. It's not. In at number one from last week, my teenage dream ended by Farrah Abraham. Surely, surely nothing can top that. I I ne- I honestly never thought we'd see a worse album than Broken Side. We did actually have somebody tweet us and said, I kind of agree with everything you said, but I quite like it, which is fair enough. Like, you know, if people can get some pleasure, deride some kind of pleasure from it. They said, I kind of like how sinister and eerie and whatnot it sounds. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that's the point. I don't want to go back into that record. It's a take. It's a take. It's a take. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you know, we're not. There are a lot of people that like the record. Like, what can I say? Broken Side feels like an easy thing to have at number one, but there is mm. definitely going to be a bit of pushback with Fire Abraham, I think. Uh, also, Unranked Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Anyway, let's talk about Danzig Sings Elvis, released on the 17th of April 2020. Last couple of episodes, we've actually had to explain who it is that we've been talking about, Richard Blackwood and Farrah Abraham. So it feels nice to actually get able to go, hey, it's Danzig, you know yeah. Danzig. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who don't know Danzig is, um, he was born Glenifer Daniel Ziegler. Um, don't not think really, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not really. Can you know Glenifer. Glenifer Daniel Ziegler. You well, think that's Glenn Danzig's well, real name? Been weirder real names. I, mm. You know, yeah, okay. Yeah. I've got COVID, shut up. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but of course, Glenn Danzig is the former singer of the punk legends, the Misfits, who left when the band were a kind of cult level band, but not massive in the, you know, in the way they are now. That kind of the, the brand of the Misfits is huge and started the more gothic sounding Samhain and then in 1987 started his own solo stroke band project Danzig which led to his greatest I'd say at that point at least commercial success Danzig early on supported Metallica released a few critically adored albums 
teetered on the brink of a little bit of chart success with songs like Mother and uh, I mean that's that's the main one really but yeah. you know but you know I'd say first few Danzig albums first three I'm going to say the first three um, are all fucking ragers love the first three Danzig albums I think there are bits and pieces scattered around the rest of the Danzig back catalogue that I really like I'm surprised you wouldn't put a four in there I don't think it's as good. I think it's Ooh. clearly a bit of a step down. I think three. I think the first two are fucking amazing. I think three is really good. I think four is a, a bit of a step down. Then you get to number five, which we'll probably talk about in a little bit because had this album not come out, five could have been a shout for getting here. It could have been the Danzig album that got into Broken Records. There actually are a couple of them uh, that could have been a shout for getting into to Broken Records. Skeletons is pretty horrendous from memory. I mean, I've only heard it once, but yeah, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, your 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 feelings on Danzig overall as a band and a man, Renfrey? I like Danzig a lot. I, I actually personally like Danzig solo stuff more than I like Misfits, if I'm completely honest. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel as much of an affinity for him. As, like, I feel like you're, you're definitely a bigger Danzig fan than me. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. But I like him. The, you know, I talk about identity all the time, and Danzig mm-hmm. absolutely has it, 100%. Yeah. Um, arguably through his, um, not through his talents as a singer, but through his uh, faults as a singer almost. But actually, you know, when, when he gets it right, there's a balance to be made with the the style that Danzig goes for, isn't there? You don't want it to be mm-hmm. too, ooh, uh, but at the same time, I don't, <laughs> you really have got COVID. I you? really have got okay. COVID. <laughs> don't know why I even bothered. Uh, oh God, there's there's a balance to be struck. I think people know what I'm talking about. I don't need to do an impression. Um, and um, when Danzig, uh, when Danzig, when Danzig gets it, when Danzig gets that that balance correct, I think mm-hmm. uh, it works so well but unfortunately when he doesn't yeah it is a funny one isn't it Danzig you don't sometimes you go god this is really unique and great yes and sometimes you go god it's a bit of a mess this yes and it's a bit like when he plays live and he takes his shirt off and you go is he fat or is he muscly (laughs) (laughs) or both I'm I've gone through stages where I've gone I am fat but I am quite muscly as well. I've got big arms. Uh, my stomach sticks out a little bit. That's the most that I can compare myself to Danzig. Yeah. I think um, and the voice as well. Am I demon? I can do that as well a little bit. Oh, careful. Don't say anything about Danzig. He's in the room. <laughs> yeah, don't ever. I mean, I know some funny shit about Danzig, which we'll probably get into in a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I, that's good. I mean, I, I like Danzig. Yeah. I'm always really interested to listen to a new Danzig project. Are you? Even even in this day and age? Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't interested in this, I've got to be honest. I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit because this is, you know, something that we could have reviewed on Riot Act and, and didn't. But um, yeah, if a new it, Danzig... Yeah, we did discuss it. Um, but... If a new Danzig album of new, brand new material came out today, I would want to listen to it. Okay. I don't know how often I would go back to it, but I would want to listen to it. I think Danzig had something of a sort of critical commercial renaissance over the last decade and a bit. A bit like everyone, really. I think New Metal did a bit of a number on him, as it did to a lot of people. I mean, in 1996, I think, he was headline of Brixton Academy still. You know, he was main support. Uh, subbing Aussie on the first ever Ozfest, you know, mm. he was a 
like yeah, I say, supported deal. Metallica. Like he was a, he was felt like a legitimate kind of big deal. Um, and then new metal came along, and anything that was a bit more kind of classic, rocky, bluesy, not that thing, did older from the eighties got kind of fucked over. We've spoken Sucks. about this a lot, a lot, a lot. That Danzig Five was pretty awful. I mean, I actually do quite like it, but it was awful. Like I've got, it's one of those weird albums where you listen to it and you go again the the duality of Danzig. I'm going to call this in the Danzig Five, Black Acid Evil. It's clearly a bad album. It's clearly badly made, badly recorded. The songs aren't very good, but yet there's just something about it that I enjoy. I'm having a quick look at it on um, Wikipedia, and you know what, Steve? I'm not sure if I've heard it. <laughs> um, Sounds I'm, like orgy. Sounds like orgy. Really fronted by a sort of an Elvis impersonator. I mean, the cover is awful. <laughs> the cover is awful. Absolutely. It's Danzig goes Power Man 5000. I mean, you wow. Know. I, 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 I'm very intrigued by it. And I, all of a sudden, I, I wonder, did we get the right album in here? Uh, because that sounds like a terrible idea. Whereas mm-hmm. the record that we're currently... Oh, Joey, Calis- Joey Castillo did drums on it. And Jerry Cantrell's on it. Oh, such a shame. He's bringing down so many great people with him. But Joey Castillo's a, a, a long-time collaborator with Danzig. He played on Skeletons that you might as well talk about in a minute. Ah, I didn't know. He's done a that. bunch of stuff, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, uh, but yes, no, I don't... I don't. But yeah, I'm sorry, I can't contribute. I don't think... I mean, if I have heard this album, I do not remember it at all. Yeah, it kind of killed Danzig's stone dead, that record. And yeah, maybe, you know, I think were it not for this album to have come out... And we just decided to whack it in there. I think there's a shout. I mean, obviously, we're going to add more and more albums to this, um, to the hat. You know, we've got a bunch. But as time goes on, maybe we'll go, oh, yeah, maybe it's worth revisiting that. Or finding somebody else that's, you know, a different album of theirs. You know, like Madonna's got two albums in the hat. We're going to pull out yeah. St. Anger. But we've already spoken about Metallica. We've got Lou Reed on here twice already as well. So, you know, there probably will be multiple entries for multiple bands. I think like Megadeth Risk is in there we've already done super collided by megadeth so there are a bunch of bands who do have multiple albums so maybe black Ass, uh black acid devil will um will will put in an appearance at some point who knows yeah we could add it yeah we'll see anyway but um he's kind of vanished for a bit didn't he danzig he sort of vanished and no one really thought about him or talked about him. The Misfits were doing their thing with Michael Graves and Danzig wasn't really happening. And he didn't really appear again until 2004 when he was knocked out backstage by the bloke from Northside Kings in 2004, um, which was sort of quite an embarrassing thing. And it was the first time I thought about Danzig for ages. That was captured on camera, him squaring up to the bass player in this band and getting like sparked out by one with one punch. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, yeah, I remember seeing footage of it. I'm quite tempted to look it up again now, actually. Uh, but yes, I do <laughs> vaguely recall this happening. And it did make him look like a silly fuddy-duddy. Yeah, he did. He got hit with one punch and went down yeah. like a sack of shit. And... I don't really know what it's about. I've read a bunch of stuff about it previously. I don't really know who Northside Kings are as no, a band. neither do I. I don't think that anything really ever happened to them. I think that is their kind of... Like, sadly for them, that's kind of going to be what, they, what... You know, when they... When anyone ever brings them up. Oh, that's a band who beat up Danzig. Forever. <laughs> Pretty much. You beat... Oh, didn't you beat... I love... Not I love your album. Didn't you beat up Danzig? <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> Beat up it's not even beating up, is it? It is literally. Yeah, I've literally just rewatched it again, and it is one punch and he's down. One punch and um, out. Yep. But yeah, there we go. I mean, to be to be fair, that is the reality of most fights. I don't think, I, like, 
if we're kind of trying to cuss Danzig out for going down after one punch, in in reality, it's not like uh, uh, movies and stuff where you're being punched loads and loads and loads of times. You know, the reality is, no, I mean, you usually. know, fighting's silly anyway. Fighting's very oh. silly. <laughs> if you take silly. one thing away from this episode, if you take one thing away from Broken Records, period, fighting is silly. Fighting is silly. Uh, I rather liked, though, 777 I Luciferi by Danzig. Oh, right. It came out in 2002. I rather like that. I think I got that for a quid in FOP. And um, I got it a few years afterwards. I think it was after he'd been knocked out. And I was like, oh, I might buy that because it's a quid. <laughs> and it's got some quite good songs, isn't it? Wicked Pussycat is... Um, is is good like that is a banger another awful (laughs) awful awful um cover yeah oh yeah danzig album covers got me oh my god um that would put me right off okay sorry yes something it's not a bad album i like that wicked pussycat on that album is really good (laughs) is i think that's how it goes something like that that is like a one second of that song um but i felt like after that happened you know the tide sort of started to turn around sort of 2010 he released the album red dead sabbath which was the first time i remember danzig getting any kind of significant or positive reviews in the metal press for quite a long time and that album is decent enough mildly improves cover um mm. it's still terrible but um it uh, looks like my ex-girlfriend's on the cover actually um oh. but yeah no, <laughs> <laughs> you were punching right here in for yes, I really, I really was in that relationship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he rocked up at Download in 2011, headlining the the third stage, which I saw and I really enjoyed. I thought it was great. I'd never seen him before. I thought he was very good. Mm. He was hilariously angry, uh, <laughs> swearing at the the monitor guy. Chucked a monitor over. He was sort of great. doing the fat crab walk. He didn't really, you know, his hairline was somewhere back in France, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yet he still had a quiff. He still had a quiff. Even though his hairline started sort of halfway down the back of his shoulders, he still he still had a quiff. Um, fat, angry, hilarious, <laughs> crab-walking Danzig, wearing the same trousers that he wore when he was in the Misfits in the 70s, um, but unable to really fit into them lovely it, it was good like but the thing is you know the set itself was actually really good and i walked out of it me and my mate walked out of it and we were like everything about that should have been terrible car crash like the sound wasn't great his voice is shot a bit <laughs> he hated the sound guy he kept like walking over to the sound guy and just sticking his middle finger up fuck off to the sound guy and saying you this fucking sound i'm gonna kick your ass and this sets over to the sound guy he was quite out of tune. His trousers were like buckling under the pressure of him. And yet it was still, I mean, the alternative was watching Def Leppard on the main stage. So I feel like we definitely made the right choice, but it was good. Like <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. I actually had a really good time watching Danzig. You've, um, if I recall correctly, and apologies if you were going to bring this up later, but um, you reviewed him Brixton Academy on Riot Act as well. And from, from yeah. memory... You were basically like, he was awful, it was awful, but I had a great time. Yeah. Are Danzig fans just incredibly like um, forgiving, I guess? Do you, do you have to be? To be a well, fan? I you? am. Mm. I don't know about Danzig fans in general, okay. but there's, yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, I was going to get to that in a little bit, actually. So I'll come back to that, Renfrey. 
I didn't see him at the roundhouse when he toured bringing Doyle out with him, Doyle von Frankenstein, mm-hmm. to do a bunch of Misfit songs. And that's when people were suddenly like, oh my God, Danzig, yeah, yeah, Danzig is back. And people felt like people were like well on board with Danzig again. Um, And then the news came through that he, Doyle and Jerry only, were going to be reunited as the original Misfits for the first time in 33 years. It's happened in late 2016 with Dave Lombardo on drums as well, Renfrey. All the excitement. Who wouldn't be excited by that? That was genuinely surprising and exciting. I remember they were confirmed for Riot Fest and people lost their shit. Do you remember when the Misfits reformed? Yeah. Fucking people lost their shit, didn't they? Yeah, it was really surprising. It it was one of those ones which really just seemed to come out of nowhere. Or I thought, anyway. I mean, I don't know if anyone had any insider knowledge other than me. But it it, it just seemed to... I don't know. The, 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 the relationship had seemed so sullied. That was just one of those things. I think pre-Guns N' Roses came back together, you know. Or, or Slash and Duff, you know, like an Axel. It, it, just, it just didn't seem like it would ever become a reality. And then it did. Mm. and apparently those shows were great and everyone loved it and the fact that the misfits continue to play the u.s to you know actual sold out arenas whenever they Mm. play probably is proof that this is a really cool thing which has definitely worked for everybody involved yeah the only thing that stopped them is covid isn't it i mean Mm. like they are technically technically still a thing i'm guessing i've no idea I've no idea if they have any shows planned or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, I think they ask for a fuckload of money. Hence, why the, and the Misfits are not as big musically in other parts of the world as they are in the US. No. Like they're big in the, they're really big in the US, whereas they're not really as big. They couldn't come over and headline download in the same way as they headline Riot Fest or. What venue do you think they would do if they were doing Brixton a Academy? Venue? Brixton, Brixton Academy. I think. And you think they sell it out? <sighs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they did a one-off date. I think they could also headline the second stage at Download. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, but I don't think they could headline the main stage. And I think for the amount of money they ask, mm. I think they'd have to headline the main stage, really. I don't think they're big enough to do that over here, unfortunately. Um, and I don't. I think they could sub, like Metallica. Don't take sub, although not that not the Metallica. Give it up. Metallica aren't going to play Download again. They're not going to. They don't like doing it. Obviously, like stop asking for Metallica. They ain't going to do it. Um, but were Metallica to headline Download, they won't. Um, I think Misfits sub in Metallica would be. I mean, it fucking bankrupt Andy Coppin, poor bastard. He'd be like, you know, <laughs> on the street. <laughs> cap in hand not cap cowboy hat in hand <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but you know that that would be good mm. um so yeah that's what i think but danzig the band themselves i actually as you mentioned june 2018 i uh i saw danzig at brixton academy mm. um with paradise lost to support really good yeah really really good fun night paradise lost were genuinely good yeah Danzig was just fun. I mean, he couldn't sing. He didn't really want to sing. He had that "Am I fat or am I muscly?" thing going on, which I love. It's like a magic eye picture. (laughs) (laughs) From some angles, you go, "Cool, he's put a bit of weight on." From other angles, you're like, "He looks buff." (laughs) Fifty Cent did the Super Bowl recently, and people were like, "Fifty Cent looks fat." Yeah, yeah. Fifty Cent is bulked up. Yeah, he's not cut, but he's bulked. Yeah getting mixed up it's not fat danzig look at danzig you look at how his trousers are shaking 
like the atoms are actually like struggling to <laughs> do you know what i mean it is like a, watching a bridge in an earthquake trousers. he never changes he sort of he sort of hops to one side he does that crab thing back and forth because his trousers are so tight that i think if he actually moved his leg forward his trousers would just burst into flames that's what i think would happen but it, you know like i say it was good it was good and it was promoting the 2017 album black black laden crown which listen it's not a classic danzig album by any stretch of the imagination it's not good it's got Tommy Victor on guitar, long-term collaborator again with yep. uh, with Danzig. Tommy Victor, who you know is in prong and very good. Yeah, bunch of good drummers on it. Johnny Kelly from Typo Negative was nice. um, played in a few tracks, and as I mentioned as well, Joey Castillo from formerly a Queen of Stone Age played drums on a few tracks as well. It's only nine songs, right? And it sounds a lot like Danzig, and I think that is enough to ask from him from an album from 2017. Okay. So you, that's like, fair, right? You're, you're, so you're giving that a like relatively positive review. In hmm. I just feel like Danzig. If you put all that together, you think Danzig, the mad get, <laughs> he's turned the tide from being sparked out and killed by new metal. He's come back and he's happened. It's the things happening again. You go, yeah, Danzig, yeah, he's back. Everyone likes it. Is he fat? Is he muscly? We don't know, but we'll go and see him to find out. I, Definitely. I, yeah, okay. I, I feel like you're exaggerating the narrative ever so slightly. Um, but... Deliberately. Because, <laughs> because like M. Night Shyamalan, Renfrey, there is, of course, a twist in the tale. And it's this. I feel like all of that is correct, but it does pull out one quite essential, crucial detail to everything. That gives us, I think, some insight into this record. And that is the 2015 Danzig Covers album's Skeletons. Which you've already hinted at mm. being pretty bad. And again, yeah. this is another record that could have been here in this hat. Much like Danzig 5. If you ask me if I'd rather listen to Danzig 5 or Skeletons, I'm picking Danzig 5 all fucking day long. Okey doke. I, I mean covers of zz top black sabbath aerosmith the trogs the everly brothers and wait for it elvis presley what a, what a surprise uh are all present on skeletons and skeletons was the first time i heard a danzig album and i went oh my god this is fucking useless this is awful really really awful i mean it wasn't very well received skeletons no no it wasn't very critically well received but there were a few places that were sort of okay with it. They were like, oh, you know, it's all right. Some of this is all right because Dantic's quite big and the Misfits were about to reform and they, you know, <laughs> he's been doing songs with Doyle and he's quite big. So yeah. a few people went, yeah, yeah, it's all right. And I feel that maybe that the lack of kicking that that album got across the board maybe gave Glenn Dantic the balls to do... <laughs> This utter nonsense that we're about to talk about. <laughs> because look, you know, I hate to sound super obvious or whatever, but Danzig fucking loves Elvis, right? Yes. He clearly. loves Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. He dresses like Elvis, like a sort of uh, photographic negative of Elvis. That's what he is, basically, isn't he? He sounds like him. He's getting fatter or more musclier and more <laughs> absurd with every passing year, just like Elvis. He loves Elvis. Yeah. yeah. So for me, 
how we got this album is not the question really no the question here is how come we had to wait so long for this for this album well yeah it is it is one of those things which does seem like quite an obvious thing to do i mean ultimately a relatively pointless thing to do and spoiler alert so it proves but you know like it, it does seem to be something that you could package together and sell you know a few thousand copies on curiosity alone yeah and i mean you know he'd already done you know trouble from the thrall ep let yourself go was on skeletons and the fact that we had only had like a few odd covers here and there i know the misfits has done have done a bunch of elvis songs live i think and danzig yeah. himself had dabbled with various elvis covers over the years but i am quite surprised that when he did skeletons he hadn't done this years before and he didn't go straight to the source and just do a fucking elvis album yeah. really yeah. yeah here's what he has to say about elvis uh i used to hate going to school so i used to cut school all the time i'd say i was sick and stay home and watch old movies that used to be on tv all day long i remember seeing jailhouse rock and by the end of it i was like this is cool i want to see more this is what i want to do so it's no stretch to say that danzig literally started performing music and being in a band because of his love for Elvis and I think you know it's it's so obvious and blatant that it almost seems churlish for us to bring it up I'm just bringing it up just to bring it up because it is that obvious that Danzig fucking loves Elvis and I, I think in 1993 when he could sing and he was still sort of young and Danzig were on the up this surely would have been something which he would have gone wouldn't mind doing an Elvis covers album and he could have fucking done it then could, or, yeah or it could I mean around that time it could have made a great stop gap EP or something like that you know um, yeah it, it, it the, you can see the like it, it, it seems like such a potentially good idea you know that it mm. seems irresistible to not try it but yeah maybe a couple of days it feels like they're, they're talking at the moment they're gonna they're gonna make indiana jones 5 mm. and it's like harrison Ford's too old but imagine if they had the idea for raiders of the lost ark and they're like we're just gonna park this for a few years mm. make sure we get it properly how we want it mm. and imagine if raiders of the lost ark was there's never been any indiana jones films but raiders of the lost ark was about to come out that suddenly feels like a less interesting film doesn't it with a like 75 year old man Yes, fighting the Nazis. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say. I mean, you know, I don't know if they'd made Indiana Jones four in like nineteen ninety two or nineteen ninety three, a few years after uh, yeah. Last Crusade. Well, yeah, exactly. That would have been a better idea because it exactly, would have been. <laughs> of course, it would. Yeah, but obviously that didn't happen. But you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if they'd have made Indiana Jones four without Shia LaBeouf and without fucking aliens yeah. at the end of it, like spoiler <laughs> alert. But if you haven't seen Indiana Jones four yet, then a you don't need to and b i'm not spoiling anything because the whole film decides to spoil itself just by being alive like if an it's old man silly. a 60 65 year old man gets in a fridge to escape a nuclear bomb yeah it just gets out i'm willing to suspend my disbelief for some things renfrey yeah not that, that well that was the point in the film where my heart sank and i realized that they fucked it up and it's about 10 minutes in so it was very depressing mm. so this is like yeah, this does feel like Raiders of the Lost Ark, but made a year ago, and there'd never been any Indiana Jones films before it. Yeah, it's uncharted. And what's even what's even 
this is yeah. uncharted. This is uncharted. In fact, the but and as well, the idea we waited even longer than they'd even eat that the idea didn't seem to come to them straight away. But then it took them ages to get it out as well because the idea seems to have come straight after Skeletons was released, where Danzig and Tommy Victor straight after Skeletons went, oh. We should do a whole EP. We should do an EP of Elvis covers. It's like, yeah, you should have done that fucking ages ago if you were going to do it. Um, but the more they saw, the more they they songs they listened to, the more they learned, the more they found they wanted to record more and more. Hence, why it became an album. And with the work coming between the Misfits dates, um, between Danzig albums and tours, and the work on 2019 soundtrack to the Danzig written and directed erotic horror film Verotica. Um, oh, this is they, a gap in my knowledge. They didn't. Oh, mate, this is my favourite discovery of this whole podcast. Oh, I fantastic! Cool. So, uh, they, they all of that meant that the, the the album itself got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, and more songs got added to it. Verotica is an erotic horror film written and directed by Glenn Danzig, no. based on the comics written by Glenn Danzig, which I haven't oh seen. My God. And look, we're not a film podcast. We're not broken films. Uh, but if we were, I suspect we would be all over this film because oh I had a little God. look and I couldn't help but notice it's got 1.9 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, a score of 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 17% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it would appear that there's quite a lot wrong with it. I watched the trailer. So it's basically a lot of scantily clad ladies um, with kind of bloods in their mouth and holding knives or guns or whatever. And and Danzig's, I presume it's Danzig's soundtrack over the top of it. But I'm getting um, lesbian vampire killer vibes. Is it that sort of thing? Yeah. Right. But the thing is, is the, the trailer, so I've not watched the film, obviously, but the trailer, the music on the trailer is so ridiculous ridiculously loud like that you can't hear the dialogue you can't hear the fucking dialogue it's like it's like being in a club where they're playing some really crap black sabbath goth riff and somebody's talking on the other side of the room and you're trying to hear what they're saying you're like mate what what are you doing and looking at the way that the dialogue is delivered it might be quite a a good thing there's one bit where there's there's a dead body on the floor and the police go the policemen are in there and they're like uh, what was the cause of death? And then, then it goes, and the bloke goes over the top of this guy, goes, I'm like, what? What? Is, what? Man, I couldn't hear any of that because it's like, how did she die? She was on the case. What? Go back, go back and do it again. I yes. mean, there is a scene, um, sorry, there is a, a section called Goofs on the IMDb page of this. Uh, it's got quite a lot of stuff on it. I it's bet got it quite does. a lot of stuff on it. it it's does. got a few things. I mean, I don't want to. Did you ever see that BBC Three show with Robert Webb where yes. it's movie mistakes? Greatest movie mistakes, yeah. Greatest movie Pathetic. Like, going, oh, in, in this scene, in One Flow Over the Cuckoo. People say One Flow Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a good film. But look, Jack Nicholson's holding his glass in his left hand and then she learns around and he's holding it in the right hand. What a piece of shit that <laughs> film is. It's just such a like, snide, you snidey, talentless fucks on bbc3 like looking at really good films i don't want to be too much like that but at the same time you know it's it's got like some of the continuity stuff on it it says uh mystery girl according to the newspaper has apparently killed 13 people and stolen their faces but her collection of seven faces on her wall only adds up to eight which i think is fine because she might have just thrown the other five away or the other five might not be in shot 
<laughs> yeah, possibly. Possibly. I mean, that's actually not a very good goof. I don't no, think. it's not a very good but goof. Fine. Um, but there are a few like revealing mistakes. The albino spider's costume has a large visible hole in the crotch section when the police, <laughs> police show up. <laughs> two out of two people found that interesting. <laughs> I'm actually on the trivia section, and apparently it took Scotch Hopkins, the uh, actor's name, eight hours a day to get into that that albino spider makeup. So wow, bloody go. hell. Uh, it says, in the cinema, the quote-unquote projector is clearly a, f- a fan in front of a light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, dear. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I can see how they thought that might work. Like there's some creativity yeah. there, I'll yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. but but also um, that's terrible. It, it says Mike pack visible on Jate's leg when she's climbing the stairs. That's not great, is it? Right. Uh, it says the first section is set in France, but cinema is a name that starts with loss, which is Spanish. <laughs> Maybe it's just a special Spanish cinema. Okay, uh, that's, that's bonkers. That's silly. The albino spider's other pairs of arms are obviously fake as they wobble and have no articulation to them. Well, you know, he might have some sort of wasting disease or, you know, like, I think we've got to try and let him off of that stuff. But the most, <laughs> the most telling one on here says, in several scenes, the characters freeze and stop moving or they just stand there awkwardly for seven seconds for several seconds after they finish their lines making it obvious that the actors are waiting for the director to yell cut after they finish a scene oh wow i mean i do kind of want to watch it now i want to watch it yeah it's got a great cast of uh people in it who um most of whom i haven't heard of but i looked at some of them and they're all like influencers and like people who have instagram accounts and porn stars and yeah i was going to say um again under trivia and imdb the majority of the principal cast of the film are porn stars in real life Brilliant. apparently so mm. uh there we go yes yeah. sounds good and it does sound good i mean you know <sighs> could have a little look at that somebody it's got some real <laughs> the top review is a one out of ten review that is titled bullcrap <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to read the review because, you know, we've got a fair bit of stuff to get through. But anyway. I, I've look. got one line of dialogue, which I found um, on Go the on. IMDb, which is, your tits, they're staring at me. So if right. you want absolutely banging dialogue like that, I would go to Verotica. Verotica. It's such a fucking, <laughs> such a shit name. As well. It's terrible. Verotica. Well, Rubbish. I guess. <laughs> of the... <laughs> One of the uh, one of the trivia things said the name is a portmanteau of violence and erotica, and I was like, "Thanks for that." <laughs> I can figure that out. <laughs> I do. I actually do like the quotes. Your tits are staring at me. Milk or beer? Yeah. That's a quote from it. Like that's not a memorable quote, is it? More Just when I thought they, I got out, they pulled me back in. Oh, that's a memorable quote. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. That's another great one. Milk or beer? It's not really going to cut. It's not really going to cut it for me. Anyway, uh, we should all go out and watch Verotica, I guess. But we should go back to to Danzig. So that's basically why this idea for an Elvis EP took so long. You know, five years pretty much yeah. between the sort of the idea after skeletons uh, of it being an ep and you know it taking so long to come out um Dan- danzig said of the project mostly i just stripped the songs down i felt like a lot of the background vocals got in the way of elvis's vocals 
and I changed some of the arrangements a little bit to make some of the music more haunting or sadder. This is not my metal hard rock band. I pretty much did this as a vanity project for myself. I couldn't wait to sing these songs. Some people will like it and some won't. I'm fine with that, but a lot of people I've heard are digging it, which is great. We haven't really spoken about Elvis yet, have we? Because, I mean, obviously Danzig likes Elvis. Danzig has even admitted this is a vanity project yeah. and he's also gone the backing vocals got in the way of Elvis so he obviously likes Elvis mm-hmm. I think the idea maybe of Danzig stripping down Elvis songs to make them more gothy or sadder or bringing those things out it's quite a good idea but um, I thought when I when I heard oh Danzig did an Elvis covers album I thought we were going to get like Hound Dog and Blue Suede Shoes and all that kind of stuff but we don't really get any of that because Danzig is as discussed already, a proper Elvis fan. Like, he fucking yeah. loves Elvis. So we've got a lot of material that I am not familiar with from Elvis because we've spoken about Elvis, I think, once before. I don't really... Like, I know you picked him for you know, greatest greatest hits. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm very, I, very much a casual fan at best. I mean, yeah. actually, I even feel a little funny describing myself as a casual fan of Elvis because like, I, I don't know many of the songs. I think I recognised three out of the 14 on here but yeah. for the most part yes they are are deeper cuts i think i think the biggest song on here is probably always on my mind surely yeah, so. surely yeah and yeah i mean there is stuff from the loving you from you know the, the soundtrack songs loving you pocket full of rainbows yeah. gi blues and uh, danzig said he wanted to do music he could relate to but also bring something a little different while still paying homage to the artist. It's not a bad idea necessarily, I think, to pick, you know, your favourite songs or songs you think will suit you the best. You don't have to do a Westlife and pick the most obvious songs. In fact, in a lot of ways, I think it's probably better to not do that if you're going to do a full-blown tribute to one certain artist. But for me, like, I didn't know hardly any of these songs because i don't really i don't listen to elvis i listen to elvis even less than you um i think even when we said about his kind of greatest hits i was like i'm not even that keen on the majority of his greatest hits to be perfectly honest so i'm coming into this very much like don't know what these songs are don't care that much for elvis particularly i'm a little bit worried and (laughs) danzig being danzig at, at this particular moment and yeah you know but at the same time, I think, yeah, probably rather, it's probably better for him to be doing that than it is for him to be taking on, like, suspicious minds or whatever, although he has done that. Ooh, yeah, 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 I don't want to hear that. No, I don't want to hear that. Um, so, yeah, that's how the album sort of came about. And then the pandemic hit. Uh, right around kind of a month after we were in the pandemic this album came out we'd sort of yeah. heard about it before and as Renfrew mentioned we were thinking about reviewing this for Riot Act and we just never got round to it I think we had a quick listen to bits and bobs I don't remember listening to I definitely didn't listen to the whole thing no. but for what re, for whatever reason it just didn't happen I think you know it was traumatic enough around the time when the pandemic first hit <laughs> as it was without having to listen to Danzig sings Elvis so I think we just sort of binned it off well, yeah, it probably wouldn't have been here if um, if if we hadn't have considered it for review, and I I also think it's probably worth mentioning that I think because we didn't get round to it, pro- possibly in a broken record first, I'm not sure, but I think we just sort of went. I mean, it's probably a broken record, isn't it? So shall we just chuck it in there? 
I think we might have done, you know. I think that I think is what happened. sort of what happened. And I Which think, is ever know, so slightly breaking our own rules, I feel. Mm. Um, so, uh, I mean... Should have done know, that with Corey Taylor. We all knew that was going to be shit as well, we? Well, yeah, we should have. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think um, I don't think it's... Uh, I, I, I think this album is worthy being here. But um, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised as well. I will say, but I will stop there because you haven't okay, asked me good. what I think about this album. Yeah, it has a Metacritic score of sixty out of hundred, which yeah. is one of the highest that we've had so far. On it. Yeah, which is which is you know okay, like it's okay. Yeah, it's not classic great. rock gave it seven out of ten. Said Danzig mostly avoids the obvious greatest hits, favouring instead reverb heavy lo-fi treatments that faithfully reference the originals without shooting for all-out mimicry. PunkNews.org gave it three and a half stars, saying where Danzig has succeeded above his contemporaries is in his dedication to the blues, crooning and actually giving a full-bodied vocal performance, no doubt learning directly from the king himself, and perhaps a few like-minded paisans. He does that here, showing remarkable sensitivity. First, first in line and love me are both genuine tales of heartbreak that Danzig delivers with conviction and appreciation. His voice is not quite the full-power blues howl that it was in the 90s, but hey, what can you do? Instead of trying to cloak this with studio tricks he puts his vocals on bright display as compared to the sparse musical backing it's not quite the unrestrained di- dissection that johnny cash's american recording series was but it leans in that direction uh the new yorker did what they called a review of it but it was basically just danzig's cv before someone going oh actually i quite like it um sometimes <laughs> danzig's voice gets a little wobbly as if it were late at night and maybe he's been drinking reliving some old sorrows and knows he should probably go to bed but he won't it has the sonic scrappiness of a home recording and all the pathos of one too. Everything about it is lonesome and unsteady, but Always On My Mind is not a song that should be sung with any grace or dignity. It's about admitting to your own carelessness and praying for forgiveness. Though it has been recorded dozens of times in the past 50 years, Danzig's is easily the most broken sounding version I've ever heard, which somehow also makes it the best. Wow. If you think that's better than the Pet Shop Boys version, you are on <laughs> drugs. Slant Magazine gave it two and a half stars saying, say what you want about his controversial cultural legacy. Elvis oozed brooding sexuality in almost everything he sang and with such cool and effortless such cool and effortlessness that he transforms hundreds of songs he didn't write into natural extensions of his larger-than-life persona. In contrast, there's too much flop sweat on Danzig Sings Elvis. Tracks like Baby Let's Play House and Girl My Best Friend come across like caricatures of Elvis as Danzig attempts to recapture his hero's youthful vitality. Uh, All Music gave it two and a half stars and said Danzig Sings Elvis is the curious product of one man's obsession with his favourite artist and it feels like the musical equivalent of Gus Van Sant's remake of Psycho. Too close to the original to be a worthy reinvention and too flawed in execution to feel like a successful homage although this will almost certainly remain the only Elvis tribute album to include a sample from Alistair Crowley at least until Jimmy Page gets around to making one um, it got the infamous not good rating from Anthony Fantano on the Needle Drop YouTube channel he said it really all comes together as an abattoir for Elvis's songs they really did come together to slaughter them mercilessly yeah it sounds like a bunch of drunk uncles doing Elvis covers Elvis covers and uncles that have just picked up their instruments recently like they decided to start doing this Elvis covers thing for fun each song here is them killing it in the gar- in the garage or on the back patio how did no one think these songs need another take they need something they need help please please someone please help it peaked at number 192 on the u.s billboard chart never charting anywhere else but renfrey let me ask you 
Uh, Renfrey Deadman has not left the building. Oh, come on. Um, he's right here. And I'm going to ask him, what do you think of Danzig Sings Elvis? Um, I think it is a perfectly fine little vanity project. Um, it is ultimately pointless. Um, I don't think it really needs to <laughs> commercial release necessarily. Um, but I guess I was pleasantly surprised by, I guess what I was expecting is to be embarrassed for Danzig, um, multiple times throughout this recording and i actually think that they approach it i think doing songs that are less well known was definitely a bonus i was considering going back and listening to the originals and a being them all but it felt quite obvious from quite early on and everything that i read about it as well that they'd done very little to the arrangements there's little bits here and there where you go okay yeah i imagine that's different from the original but it did seem quite clear that they're quite faithful renditions. I think it's interesting. I've seen some people, some of the reviews are talking about how the production is really awful on this record. And I actually think it's, I I don't actually think it's awful. I think it's really, um, I think it's very subtle. Is it subtle? I mean, there's a lot of reverb on it, but it's very, there's, it does all, it feels all very intimate is is what i mean really and i actually quite like that i think it works quite nicely i definitely think danzig works better with the slower elvis material than the faster elvis material but even on the faster songs or the more or the more classic rock and rolly kind of songs let's say i don't think he totally embarrasses himself like there weren't you know, I've heard Danzig singing off key and all kinds of kinds of things. I've heard him singing off key on record, and I didn't really get that all that much with this album. I mean, I I thought it was I thought I thought it was fine. Really, it was okay. Really, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, last week was hideous. Yeah, and so. I was I put this on and my first reaction to So Strange thinking of like what a broken record was with Farrah Abraham and having also listened a bit to Broken Side you know this is a million miles away from being as bad as that a million million miles away the opener So Strange is an absolutely functional opener for me I was surprised I didn't find it funny Mm. I didn't find it embarrassing I didn't find it anything do you know what I mean I didn't find I thought it was like you say it was quite a cool little lo-fi lo-fi attempt at doing an Elvis song when the guitars come in and I love Tommy Victor I think he's great but I'm not sure that subtle lo-fi guitar playing is necessarily his strong suit right okay um and it just makes everything sound a little bit more absurd on the by by when one night on the second song I think it sounds like slightly more absurd than it did on the opening one um proper kind of bloke in the back of back room of a pub playing with an amp and a sort of shitty mic vibes from mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. not terrible mm. not like not you are talentless and this is awful and oh mm. my god what are you thinking mm. just a bit just a bit like just a bit bland you know just yeah. a bit kind of just a bit sort of boring and a bit obvious and you know not uh, again you know i think the 
I, I think there are a few production problems on it that I'm, I'm not sure it's necessarily okay. going for a live lo-fi vibe. It's not really going for a punk rock vibe either. It's just maybe not captured that well. Hmm. See, I did think it was going for a lo-fi vibe, but uh, I, don't I think know. it's going for. A, I think it's going for a bluesy. Mm. Um, I think it's going for a, a minimalisty bluesy vibe, mm. but that's not the same thing as lo-fi, mm. is it? Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lo-fi really does go almost like this is meant to sound like it's like you're stood at the back of a room and someone else is playing a guitar very quietly in the other corner on the other side of the room and that's a deliberate production style choice but i didn't necessarily think that that was that i think it was going for a quiet bluesier more minimalistic approach to the songs which is fine yeah i just think that often it didn't quite capture them due to the fact that i again i'm not sure that i don't think it's tommy victor i don't think it's tommy victor's strong suit like i say um but the first couple of songs i was like this is okay you know this is okay it was lonely blue boy the third track in where i started getting kind of a bit bored i just thought this is sort of plodding now i'm only three tracks in um he sounds like an elvis impersonator which he kind of has for the most of his life yeah but that slow bluesy material that he picked it dies a very quick dynamic death throughout throughout this record i was kind of begging for something a little bit more upbeat around this point i was like this is real slow for a lot first line comes in on uh, first in line comes in and it's that i mean that is so quiet that song at the start I, it was almost impossible to hear I was like, where was this mentality when you were putting your fucking trailer for your film together, man? <laughs> this is what you needed. And it was a sort of slow one. And I was like, okay, at this point, this is, for me, dynamically, totally one note. Huh. And that's become a bit of a problem for me. Um, and then I'm, on start- Play- I'm starting to wonder if I would have felt differently about this album if I hadn't been full of snot and COVID. Because I well, think maybe. I just sort of sat here and just let it wash over me. And because well, I can't disagree, I'm oh, sorry to interrupt you, but I can't disagree with anything that you're saying. Everything that you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. And yet, I, but I just didn't uh, react to it as negatively. I was just sort of like letting it wash over me. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. You do what you're doing. You yeah, know. I mean, I think there's an element of it maybe doing that. And I think it is obviously going for a more loungy, laid back, bluesy Definitely. kind of quiet thing. And that's fine. Mm. But it was four tracks in i was like it's quite boring now this there's yeah. 10 more tracks yeah there's 10 more tracks and i i am you like my patience is wandering and my patience is being tested my mind is wandering and then let's play house comes in and i go finally a bit of kind of classic rock and roll and it at least changes the vibe but me what a fucking diva i am you get the thing you want and you go i don't like it um, I think this is the thing. Baby Let's Play House is definitely one of the songs that I was referring to when I say it's a bit more upbeat and a bit more lively. Yeah. And I just don't think... I don't think Danzig is as good at that material. And annoyingly, uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, he would have been. Uh, he may have even been better at that material than the more croonery kind of stuff. But mm. at this point in his career, he just isn't. So, yes. Yeah. So it was a bit of a shitter that I was like, oh, this is a bit boring. Yeah. I need something a bit more lively. And then something more lively came in and I was like, oh, oh no, go back, to, yeah. go back to what you yeah. were doing before. That's and then, <laughs> then all, Love it? Me comes in and that is goes back to being really slow. And I was like, oh, I don't like this either. So this is a problem. 
you know i think um, you're the problem Stephen. i feel like I'm, i feel like i want to feel like a kid like that kid we were talking about last week who's like the color of his bmw wasn't right I'm like, be faster oh no no be slower oh be, just go away like that was sort of i was like oh god i'm just and at this point i was like maybe this just isn't a very good album but then oh piano renfrey yes piano on pocket full of rainbows right for me absolutely the best moment on this record is pocket full of rainbows it is quiet but the piano and the rim hits are very tastefully done and when um and again danzig doesn't go i mean the thing we we haven't said about glenn's sort of elvis impersonation is i mean particularly on the more rock and rolly ones on this i think he does He's sort of doing Elvis, but like he can't quite hit the note. I mean, who would have thought that Eddie Murphy would be a better Elvis impersonator than Danzig? <laughs> but like he does, like Eddie Murphy does that. Have you seen? You've seen the delirious sketch? Yeah, where he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Eddie Murphy's like Elvis is such a bad actor. They let him sing his lines. Elvis, we gotta win this race. We gotta win this race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elvis wants some lemonade. Lemonade, <laughs> the cool refreshing drink. But when Danzig doesn't go full kind of we're gonna win this race uh i think he's i think he's quite good and yeah. i think he struggles with those higher notes on pocket full of rainbows yes to be fair to him it's it feels like a mild annoyance on an otherwise fine song okay and i was like there we go that's quite and i was like that's actually quite good and we were what fucking six tracks seven tracks in at seven that point tracks in that one. seven yeah. tracks so and i sort of through th- Sort of halfway through, and I thought, well, it started, and I was like, oh, interesting, but nothing really happened, and you lost me. And then you did change, and I didn't like it, and you went back, and I was like, oh, don't like that either. But then I got this, and I was like, okay, you've you sort of won me back round a little bit. Not even won me back round, but you've sort of you found a new high to it. Um, I it's, feel like you don't feel like that about that song. In terms of arrangement, it is by far the most interesting arrangement on the on the album. Mm-hmm. I think I found Danzig's performance in those high notes that you're talking about too distracting. And when you talk, when when you when you went piano to me, piano, and I was like, where, in my head, I was like, where's the piano on this album? And you know, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, of course. But my takeaway from that song, and I can't think of too many things at once at the moment with the way that I am. Uh, but the, my takeaway from that song was primarily all. Uh, that vocal performance was a little bit off, wasn't it? But yes, I see what you're saying. And um, only I, for like one line where he tries to hit those high notes, oh, baby, oh, that bit. I think oh, it was. I think it, it was probably. It and and I think this is not only. I think this is a positive and a negative actually. But I think it's probably the most glaring off note that Danzig sings possibly on the whole record. I I agree with that, but it is one note two notes and i found it's it kind of, of in amongst yeah in amongst everything else i was like that is just a mild annoyance in yeah. amongst the the best arrangement yeah fair then, it's not a disaster it's not a disaster if there's one thing you can rely on glenn danzig to do it's to give you something good and then shit on everything can make the goodwill vanish in one shot and the follow-up fever. to this mm. is fever and as it came in i went oh please no no, 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 no. Not the song Fever mm. that you were all thinking of. Fever, obviously. Um, who is it? It's Peggy Lee who does the, the, the famous version. Is that right? Yeah, Let me just have a look. Right. Oh, and most notably, Peggy Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah. From 1958. Fever, you give me fever. 
fever all through the night that song and it is painfully rubbish <laughs> to hear a song that is meant to be so kind of sultry and sexy being <laughs> sung by a man like glenn danzig who is as discussed maybe not really kind of explicitly said he's not sexy but he's not that like them trousers then nah, you're not sexy in them trousers glenn and then yeah. given the sultry vibes i mean it's like a cover of i touch myself being sung by sloth from the goonies i do not need <laughs> to think about that at all do you know what i mean it it's, was I, it was it was rubbish it's like steven seagal doing shakespeare it's just yeah. you know those two things are just not gonna not gonna work out yeah uh great song fever it is, uh, it? i think initially i was sort of taken by how by how great the song is and then uh, sort of when you get into the chorus and he's doing doing the fever sort of stuff i was like oh actually no this is this is not working for me is it uh yeah it was rubbish isn't it but you know I, but it, embarrassing yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, quite embar- like I felt kind of awkward okay it's like you, you aren't a Hindu dancing on a fucking table with her fucking knickers falling down you just go oh yeah yeah don't do that I mean compared to, to like, this, compared to some of the stuff we have dealt with in Broken Records that feels very very minor but yes I understand exactly it is I'd say comparatively it is very minor yeah. but it was certainly the point where I went oh we've reached a new high and then hit a new low within a kind of five minute period yeah. and then when it rains it pours uh, when it rains it really pours it sort of to me sounded like the worst song on the Neil Young and the Shocking Pinks album I thought Danzig sounded like he was constipated uh, I song as well. thought about Neil Young and the Shocking Pinks multiple times whilst listening to this record. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, always on my mind, obviously, you already mentioned, is a great song. Such a great song. Mm. Not really sure what I can say about this. I mean, it sounded, it sounded having listened to most of the album, it sounded exactly how I, expect, I, was gonna, I expected it was going to sound. And I don't think that kind of completely stripped down, bare naked approach to the song is the worst idea no. ever. I I, I, sounds, I, I I mean, like I mentioned, the Pet Shop Boys who put everything into that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I mean, I'm not advocating for one thing being better than the other, but in this case, I mean, that reviewer saying, "Oh, it's the best version of," like, the Pet Shop Boys version is clearly better than this, isn't it? Clearly, oh, undoubtedly, yes. But it is, you know, it's definitely one of the, the, the better songs on the record. It's obvious why, why it was released as a single, both the fact that it was a you know, good take and it's by far the most popular Elvis Presley song on here. Um, I thought it was a, a, a perfectly decent version. Um, I mean, to, to put it out there as the best cover version ever is absolutely insane. <laughs> it really is. Absolutely yeah. insane. It's like, <laughs> it's like somebody... Like some fucking new metal band covering Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Someone going, this is the best cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Going, have you heard the Johnny Cash version? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. And this version but by the God Union Underground is better. Yeah. <laughs> Union Underground. Oh. Is much better. Um, that's yeah. track 10. And I think after that, I don't really have a lot to say about it because it just sort of does the same thing for kind of four yeah, more I mean, short tracks you know. there's a song called <laughs> poor elvis right you gotta say like in in, in elvis's defense um 
girl of my best friend, he obviously wanted to shag his mate's girlfriend 50 years ago. And not only did he have that conundrum, Glenn Danzig brings it up half a century later and sings it out of tune. So you've got a feel for the guy. Got a feel for Elvis in that respect, haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, this is not hilariously bad. It's just not that good. Yeah. I don't think it's just not that good. I think yeah. the pacing of the record is a problem. The song choices don't really help. They don't help me. Like they sure. don't really help me particularly. I think they help Danzig. <laughs> they probably help Danzig. But when I think of like, you know, I don't need if I'm gonna get an Elvis tribute album, I obviously like being a kind of very casual um again, not even fan, but very with very limited knowledge of Elvis, yeah. I don't expect to know every song. But I would have liked a few that I was at least aware of and you know, but he's a, a massive super fan of him, so fine. I mean if I was in a band and I decided to do a Depeche Mode tribute album, I'm sure people would be moaning that, you know, I didn't pick enough songs from Violator or whatever. So, um, you know, I don't think the production is quite nailed with what they're going for. I think like the, the, I think I, I'm sit somewhere between you and Anthony Fantano where, where I don't think the production is very good, but I don't think it's a disaster either. Um, the execution is of it is, I don't know, especially when you consider that the Danzig Elvis covers album feels like a no-brainer. Mm. But this is, just isn't that good. I'm not really sure why. Um, well, it should have been a hole-in-one. That's that's the mm. sort of sad thing about it. Because if it had been done at the right time and released at the right time and maybe it was an EP rather than a full record, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's only... I was about to say there's only a few things that needed to be tweaked to make this good. That That's actually wildly inaccurate, isn't it? Because that's asking for quite a lot. But, you know, like, the, they're on paper, there's no reason why this couldn't have been good, apart from the fact that it was, you know, 30 years too late and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So. We can go on together. <laughs> that's what you needed to do, wasn't it? Do one of them. Absolutely. Have I told you, I can't remember if I've actually said this, but for a school play once I had to dress up as a uh, cockerel, an Elvis singing cockerel, uh, and I had to do Suspicious Minds and um, uh, and another and another Elvis song, dressed another as a cockerel. Elvis There's DVD yeah. footage of it as well, which I actually DVD own. footage of this? DVD Rimfrey footage Deadman this, live yeah. as Elvis as a cockerel. This is all true, mm. annoyingly, and I wow. feel like we're going to get people on page requests <laughs> yes Patreon, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you want to sign up to our hundred thousand pound tier so i mean have that, that around just as a cockerel that with covid <laughs> will be hundreds of thousands of pounds <laughs> and sing hound dog at you um <laughs> i really want to remember what the other song was now it's going to drive me crazy it was suspicious minds and um uh i'm not going to remember no sorry never mind Great content, that. Great Thanks. content. Um, anyway, let's talk a little bit about the aftermath and then we'll rank it and then we'll pull something else out of the hat. Not much to say about the aftermath as it was only sort of two years ago and most of that two years has been spent in a global pandemic. Um, oh, lonesome me. Thank you. Who? Oh, lonesome me. Oh, really, was it? Yes. That sounds good. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I knew I'd get it, but I, I didn't really want... wanted it. 
I really want to hear you be like, oh, <laughs> you can do Elvis by just going, <laughs> it's like a kid crying. It just sounds like a toddler, you know, and toddlers go, <laughs> and cry. That's basically how you get into an Elvis impersonation, I think. Just go, mum, 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 please, I want some wattsits, mum. You're not having any wattsits. <laughs> mum, <laughs> oh, you ain't no but I am no. Right, all there you go, you're in. That's it. Yeah, that's how to do an Elvis impersonation. <laughs> Not a good one, obviously. Pretty, no, I just thought it was very good. I thought it was very accurate. Thank yeah. you. I'm probably better at impersonating um, toddlers <laughs> than I am Elvis, to be fair. It's one of my curses. It's one of the curses that I have to live with. Um, <clears throat> Danzig had planned to showcase Danzig and Elvis in April at two intimate performances in San Francisco and Los Angeles, but both were cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. He hopes, uh, this is going back, he hoped to reschedule the concerts, um, but said at the time that he, that if that was not to happen, he has no intention of performing anything from this album at any full-scale Danzig shows. He said, my idea with the Elvis show was to do it in a small, old-school Vegas environment. No pit, just tables and seats, and everyone can watch it and enjoy it and have a really good time. Okay. I'm glad you've decided that for us, Glenn. Um, that doesn't really lend itself to a big metal rock show. Now, I agree with wrong. that. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, Glenn Danzig. He's got that spot on. But two show, you know, again, like... We often talk about, oh, what did it do for their career and their legacy and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, we're only, it's less than two years since this record yeah, came out. Yeah. I think most people have sort of already forgotten about it. I think I had kind of forgotten about it. I was yeah. aware of it. It's maybe we've jumped the gun a little bit by putting it into broken records. Yeah, possibly. 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 Which I'm going to, we should have reviewed it for Riot Act and then we would have known that. Yeah. We, you know, I was looking at the reviews and I was like, oh, it's not many where they're like, this is fucking awful. Not really, no. There's a, there's a couple, but not loads. Mm. Um, but it does seem to be like a little thing that was a throwaway thing. And I don't think people will care. I don't think people care. I think it will just be forgotten about. It's not going to affect Glenn Danzig's career in any way whatsoever, I wouldn't have thought. So that is good. Yeah, it's another in a long line of Danzig releases that I think his fans quietly ignore and then they just pretend that the first three albums or the first four albums are all he ever did right i mean i don't know if i certainly yes certainly i feel like danzig could could release a turd at this point and it probably wouldn't mm. affect his career to be totally honest well he has released a few commercially um, oh you meant a literal turd <laughs> i meant a literal turd yeah. oh right i meant a literal turd. i meant i'm a, thought you're using that as a sort of a turd is in a bad record no, no. and i was like well he has released a, no, yes. he's never released an actual turd no well he has but but he hasn't not, sold it not, not for commercial <laughs> purchase anyway Ugh. i was interested to know if this meant that we would be getting new Danzig material. He said, for now, people are going to be have to be happy with the Danzig Sings Elvis record. Oh dear. And I'll see in a couple of years if I feel like recording another. If something comes into my mind, maybe I'll do another. Maybe I'll just give it away for free or something. I don't know. But as long as I'm having a good time, it doesn't really matter. So I think the idea of new Danzig material is probably off the menu for the minute. And I've got to be honest, I'm all right with that. Mm. Because... We're never going to get another great Danzig album, as you've already, you know. If 
if Tom York turned around and said that, I mm. would go, no, don't do that. Do mm. more records. Do another album. You know, because if when every time I die, spit up, I know I went, oh, you know, they had a good run and stuff. But the idea of like, oh, you're never getting another every time I die album is a bit like, oh, they're all really great. They're all mm. fucking great. Yeah. The idea of not getting another Danzig album, I'm not like, oh no, what will I do? I, I can't... With the half a good song that will be on the next yeah. Danzig album. Like, yeah. I I cannot imagine there's anyone that really cares. <laughs> sure. No. Uh, the other bit of aftermath that we should talk about this is, uh, is to, to Glenn himself. To be fair to Glenn, he has been busy himself with other things. Um, like getting annoyed at the world. In May 2021, he was he was interviewed by Rolling Stone. And just to make everyone clear that he can be quite an unlikable goof at the best of times, he slammed cancel culture and woke bullshit, blaming the current mentality of the world. That's right. The entire world, the whole world, the mentality of the world. You know, we all have one mentality us here in the world, in the world well yeah. that's what he was blaming mm. for why there's no punk rock and there will never be a sort of big uprising of punk rock he was asked about the song last caress by the misfits and uh um and he was said you know oh, you couldn't do that now couldn't do that now could you uh he said um that the misfits will would do things just to piss people off the song has an attitude of fuck everybody fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck the world i don't think we'll ever see anything like it again there won't be any new bands coming out like that now they will immediately get cancelled people don't understand because everything is so cancel culture woke bullshit nowadays but you could never have the punk explosion nowadays because of cancer culture cancel culture and woke bullshit you could never have it it would never happen (laughs) he's really hammering that point home isn't it we were lucky it happened when it did because it will never happen again i think you've already said that glenn you won't have any of those kinds of bands ever again oh do you think he thinks there's not going to be any of those bands again he's not being clear enough on it he's saying it nine times in the space of 45 seconds i think Um, that's what he's trying to get at yeah that's what he's saying um everyone's so uptight and pc it's just like okay whatever which you know is unfortunately a fairly typical thing for these sort of artists to say these days bless him but i guess he doesn't know does he he doesn't know i mean i'm fairly sure that if say for example a punk rock band came around came along who were kind of um advocating for trans rights which you know happens quite a lot but decided that you know they want to do something really shocking to piss people off they wanted to and they said like you know we want to bite babies cocks off just to you know piss people off just to be like fuck everybody fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck the world in Dante's words I'm sure he'd be offended and he'd claim that it was you know it wasn't punk or whatever which is kind of ironic because I think there are bands expressing quite a lot of important things through punk rock as we speak at the moment and they're just doing it with you know a mind to create actual kind of societal change rather than just you know sort of pooing on the carpet and then walking walking away and it's not just a kind of upset um uptight people but you know I think both of those things are good to be perfectly honest, like yeah. in my personal opinion, I think both of those things are quite good. But this sort of didn't, this sort of attitude that Glenn has, where oh, you know, because we didn't, because we, what he's basically saying is, because we were just doing it to be cunts and we didn't actually stand for anything, you'd never be able to do that again. And I think you would. I think you would. I think it's 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 just as counter. It's probably more counterculture to actually have a real opinion about something and to actually try and put in motion some kind of societal change. But yeah, you know, Glenn Danzig being Glenn Danzig. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Renfrey. 
Um, no, not really. Um, apart from he's just an old man who's out of touch, really, isn't he? I'd be interested to know, like, what the last punk record he bothered listening to was kind of thing. And, like, I don't know, you know. I, I wonder if he's listened to... Probably Elvis in Vegas was the last album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we there's one on the tip of my tongue, which I don't really want to say because we're going to review it this week. But, you know, there 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 are bands out there, punk bands, who have shit to say. Let's just put it like that. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Fucking hell. But I think, I mean, he's not even saying about they want their things to say. He's saying, oh, no. why can't punk why can't punk bands just come on and go, oh, you should shoot bazookas at old people's homes. Bye. He wants it to be like, <laughs> like Gigi just... Allen all the time. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm not sure that's that shocking anymore, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't he just go, all right, great. That, like, There's a whole fucking load of death metal bands out there that do shit like that. If that is if that is a casualty of, of, you know, Me Too culture, cancel culture, whatever... I don't think that's a terrible thing, really. Like, you know, I think... I, mean, look, I, like, I like Last Caress. That. Yeah, I like Last Caress. I like So What by yeah, Metallica. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's just being being sort of obnoxious. Yeah. But those bands were just sort of... I mean, I guess it was sort of political because there was a very conservative world that was that they existed in. I think at that time of the PMRC and anti-censorship laws and blah, 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 mm. I think it was more of a political statement, but I think... But they weren't really aware of it. I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't don't think we can make that call, to be honest. But, you know, like, uh, it's it's a very kind of um, immature form of activism, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I even like that phrasing. But you know what I mean. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of, that's all right. It's all right to be, like, sort of goofy and stuff. and You know, but to say that, like... (sighs) people would have i just don't think they would really i don't think they do i think there are still probably songs that talk about horrible shit yeah in death metal and stuff like that like really kind of gratuitous horrible shit yeah and let's not like those bands don't get signed or you know well let's not forget that when misfits recorded and released last caress they were tiny they were you know Mm. nothing they didn't really become a big band until now they're an arena band in this current climate yeah yeah exactly what you're on about yeah all right well, there you go. Whoever would have thought that Glenn Danzig was a bit stupid? <laughs> I didn't say it. No. Where do we put this? Um, I don't think it's rubbish, to be honest. No, neither do I. And I'm looking down. There's a bunch of stuff that I think are either that are kind of artistically admirable or actually just pretty good that I think we have to sort of look around that area. I mean, for me... I'm going to say everything from The Darkness, One Way Ticket to Hell and Back, up to Baby Woman by Naomi Campbell. I think all of those records have something better about them than this. Uh, but I wouldn't yes. be adverse But I wouldn't be adverse to putting it around that area. Same. I mean, I'm looking at the weirdness by the Stooges. Feels like a, sign, a kind of similar place to where we could put it. Similar type of artist in a lot of ways, I guess. Uh, there was quite a lot riding on the weirdness by the Stooges. I'm looking at other yeah. kind of, um, I mean, Westlife, Can I Be Frank? You know, we've done a bunch of uh, covers albums and stuff before. And I think Westlife, Can I Be Frank probably sounds better. It's more obvious. It's definitely more cynical. Um, 
and I, I feel, guess I feel like I enjoyed, enjoyed more. you enjoyed you enjoyed Laos to be frank more than this I think I probably I think I don't think I admire it as much but I think I enjoyed it more oh yeah. interesting I think I slightly enjoyed this more but I think a... it certainly it certainly comes from a place it comes from a better place this doesn't it it certainly yeah. comes from a place of genuine love and genuine respect and genuine passion and yes. it didn't really do anything to affect the career of Westlife uh, or Danzig I don't believe any of the members of Westlife individually were like massive, massive Sinatra fans or Rat Pack fans. Mm. I mean, maybe one of them was. But we all know the real reason why that album was done is because Robbie Williams, a couple of years previously, had released Swing When You're Winning. And it was an absolutely massive mega hit. The cynicism there was so strong. This isn't cynicism. Danzig loves Elvis. Uh, it's obvious, and it's been obvious from the moment he Danzig came. and Elvis sitting <laughs> in a tree. But you know, etc. 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 Yeah, this is a vanity project. But I'd much rather a vanity project over a, a, a cynical cash grab. So for me, I think I think the one thing I am going to say, I'm not too fussed where we put this. But the one thing I will say is, provided it is, I think it should be below. Westlife for those reasons. Am I mm. saying that correctly in terms of above? No, no right. I think it should sure. be above Westlife. Yeah. Allow us to be frank for those reasons and those reasons alone. To be totally honest, after that, I'm not really too fussed where we put it. I have to say, but I think that's only fair. I think I quite. I think I prefer the weirdness by the Stooges as well. I do as well. Um, but then we get to Fisher Spooner. I would I would like to put it between Tin Machine and Fisher Spooner because I okay. think Tin Machine again you know trying to, oh we're going to do Nine Inch Nails is David Bowie doing Nine Inch Nails yeah. well not really is it? <laughs> not quite not really no. is David Bowie doing the Pixies mm, not mm. really is it it's not yeah. really that and I'm not I mean that again didn't particularly hurt David Bowie's um, no. career. I think Fisher Spooner is actually not a terrible record. I don't think this is a terrible record either. Uh, I think it's made with genuine love for yes. the artist in question, and I admire that. But I think there's just something a little bit different, and um, I feel like Fisher Spooner hits the marks that it's trying to hit more often than Danzig Sings Elvis does. And I think Danzig Sings Elvis hits the marks it's trying to hit more often than Tin Machine by tin machine so Very for good. that reason that would be my placing for it i think that i think that's very well argued and very astute and i've already put it in there um, i like it number okay, 60 nice. number 60 though number 60 number six six sixty we kind of need to get him down to 66 at least don't we we're not going to we do, do 666 yeah. of these fucking episodes jesus christ well, no but, I don't know about that, Oh, looky, looky here. It's one of your bloody favourites. Um, uh, we have... This is going to be fun, actually, because I can't remember the last time I listened to this record. But we're going to stay in the world of heavy metal, of some description. Although they're not metal, really. Count Your Blessings by Bring Me The Horizon. Oh, crikey. Okay. All right. Now, I have not listened to this. Oh, fuck, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you. for ages. 
But it'd be interesting because Bring Me the Horizon at this point particularly are fucking massive. And yes, I don't think are. people, there are, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a world of people out there now who go, oh, Bring Me the Horizon is sold out. I love Count Your Blessings. Um, <laughs> they were the people who were going, this is awful at the time. So funny. What a funny world we live in. Yes. That's what we'll be doing next week. Count Your Blessings by Bring Me the Horizon. Boom. Uh, <laughs> on the podcast exciting we talk about bring me the rise a lot don't we we do actually yeah a lot we do they're on the fucking show a lot so it'd be good to you know talk to talk about them in a in a different format yes i.e this anyway thanks for listening guys we appreciate you listening as ever hope you enjoyed this episode it was a bit more of a laugh than the last ones bless renfrey he's got covid poor little sausage thanks mate had a horrible time haven't you uh, I, I just, I'm just so tired. I'm I'm so sorry, guys. Content will be affected this week. I just <laughs> cannot. I just can't. I barely can. Uh, yes, yes. I'm fine. I'm powering through. It'll be okay. Everything nice. Be okay. okay. Lovely. Um, all right, fine. Listen, guys, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next week. And we'll be back with Bring Me the Horizon, talking about counting all of our blessings. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>